if you have a if you have a Bible, open up with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I invite you to open up your worship guide, and there's an outline that we're going to follow uh, that will be inside your guide. Today we're going to uh, not necessarily have them on the screen, but I want you to see on the screen the entire time what we're here to see from God's Word and be led through by God's Word, and, and that is the 2015 Vision for Children and Youth Ministry. We want to see what the Lord is doing, and I might say it this way, the framework with which He is doing it in. When I use the word framework, what I mean is this, is we're going to look to God's Word, and, and we're going to see it's as if there's a frame that is built around all that we want to do and desire to do for the glory of God for children, for youth, and for parents. This is us as a church body. What we're going to do and the way that we'll give and what we support when we give for the children and the youth ministry. It's very worthy of celebrating that today there are more children in this building there are more children today in this building than there has been since we opened the doors of this building except for VBS. This is the most children on this campus that has been there today. Amen. That's something to celebrate. God is doing a great work here. We're excited. We love kids. We, we, we love students. We love parents. We love the family. We love people. And we want that to be reflected in all that we say and do. Before some of you check out when you saw what the title of the message is, before you check out and say, well, this doesn't apply to me, I, I want to be very clear. It does apply to you. Everything that we talk about today, it does apply to you. I want to be, as a father, I want to be very transparent with you and for you to know that, that I desire deeply for the church body to help raise my children. So if you are a member of this church, if you are in Christ, if, if you are here today, then this is for you. Also, we might add that if we consider uh, all of us in the room, I, I would imagine that there are many. How many of you are parents in the room? Raise your hand. How many of you are grandparents in the room? Look how proud you are. Look at you. Parents in the room. Uh, and, and maybe this too. If you grew up in a church, I, I was not very connected to children or youth ministries growing up, though I got the gift of being a youth minister. I, I might ask this. If you grew up in a children's or youth ministry, raise your hand. You were impacted by those. Praise the Lord. So this applies to you today. So what we want to do is we want to go to God's Word. We want to see this uh, wonderful passage that's going to help provide a framework for the direction of the vision of the children and youth ministry here at our church. It's very connected to last week's sermon that came from Pastor Keith on discipleship. This is certainly not a step back from discipleship. This is a step into it. This is not just uh, 
men discipling men or women discipling women. This is going to be, we desire for within the home for discipleship to occur there. We desire for in this facility, anything that we do program-wise, for it to be discipleship-oriented, for it to be about the Great Commission, for it to be about disciple-making, for individuals to be investing in other individuals to teach them who Christ is, what He has done, and how we may appropriately follow Him with our lives. That's what we're doing. Today we're going to look at this passage of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, and we're going to find a guy who understood the fruit of discipleship well. His name is Timothy. Timothy was a very young pastor, a, a, a young leader in the church, and he had been invested in deeply his whole life. The very first chapter of 2 Timothy tells us in verse 5, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, writing to Timothy, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure it dwells in you as well. He had a grandmother who loved him deeply, and she poured her life into him. She, he had a, a mother who loved him deeply, and she poured his life into him. We, we don't know much about his father. We know, we know he was a, a Greek man. We know his mother was a Jewish woman. We know that from Acts chapter 16. We, we don't know a whole lot else uh, about his dad. So I don't know why he's not listed there. I don't know if he checked down. I don't know if he was checked down emotionally and spiritually. I, I'm not sure, but we don't get much about him. But what we do know is this, is that his grandmother and mother, they invested deeply into the life of Timothy. We also know that Timothy was invested in deeply by the apostle Paul. Paul wrote 13 letters that are found in the New Testament. Paul uh, was a, a pastor of pastors. He poured into many people, but specifically he poured into this guy named Timothy, of whom in the letter to the church at Philippi, he said, there's no one I know like Timothy. I don't know another person like him. Paul poured into Timothy. So he had people that were constantly investing their lives in him to encourage him, to push him to love and good works, to push him to the very mission of God, to push him towards the calling that he had as a pastor, as a disciple maker. So discipleship was, was something that he knew very well, and Paul wrote to him, and I want you to hear these words that he wrote. Verse 14, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The, the very literal word here that we have from childhood is from infancy, from when you were a baby. You had people that taught you and they poured their lives into you and they acquainted you. They, they had you get to know the story of the Bible, the, the Bible that can make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's our passage today. So I want to pray over this time and then we want to see the, the vision for our church or the framework that everything we do will fit in. Let's pray together. Father, we 
love you. We ask, Lord, that you would guide this time, that your spirit would be very active in the minds and in the hearts of people here today. Lord, I, I ask that you would help this church have a, a fierce desire to see children and youth be raised up to know and follow Jesus. That we would have a fierce desire for parents to, to be walked beside. That we would walk with them to encourage and to pour into and to live life with so they would know uh, how to teach their children the wonderful gospel, the beautiful gospel of grace and how to give their lives and their families to you, Lord. I pray that you would teach us how to place kids in the lives of people who will invest in them. Lord, help us today to have a vision from you of how to practically grow up a church family who just loves you. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. I want you to, to see first that our desire, and when I say we desire or our desire, this is a church body thing, and, and the way that this happens, and, and with vision, with direction, the way that this happens is that your pastoral leadership takes what is vital, what we should value, okay, and we give it to you, we put it over you, we place it around you, and then we invite you to partake, for you to take that value and make it your own, okay? And so that's what this is. So when we say we, we are asking God to make it a we, Right now, I believe it is mainly a we, but it might be, if it would help you, this is from your pastors to you. This is from your staff to you. We want it to become all of us. That we desire for our children and youth to have genuine examples to follow. So we see that here with Timothy. He had genuine examples to follow. We have his grandmother, we have his mother, we have Paul, more than likely, certainly Silas. Silas was there with the missionary journey in Acts 16 uh, when they first met Timothy. So, I mean, he had people around him that were constantly giving him an authentic or a genuine example to follow. Parents, we desire you to, to have that in your home, for you to be the, the most genuine with your kids, for your kids to know really who you are and what your faith is really like. Here's a few principles that, that we're going to consider, and it's this, is that no one, no one has more potential to influence your child than you do. No one. And, and that's potential to lead them astray or potential to lead them to the Lord. No one has more potential to influence your child than you do. There's a second principle, though, is this, or thought, is that you are not the only influence that your child needs. You are not the only influence that your child needs. Thirdly is this, is that two combined influences will make a greater impact than just two different influences. Does that make sense? If you have your worship guide uh, inside it, you should have had this little sheet of paper here, and it's, it's got little tiny writing. It's like size four font. That, that was the best we could do, you know, to get it there for you. And 
you know, I can't even read it right now, but, but I'm sure you can with glasses. But, but we, you see there, it, this has a first look, 252 basics and XP3. What, what that is, this is the curriculum that we are using here at this church. Alberta Baptist Church uses the, the Rethink Group or Orange curriculum. Uh, the reason why we do that is, one, we, we love it. it. It works so well. It's easy to teach. It's easy to read and know what you need to teach children. It has great stuff to send home. But we also agree very much with the principle here or the vision of this group. And, and it's this, is that the, the parents and the church would not work uh, as individuals doing the same thing in different ways, but we would be individuals coming together to do the same thing in the same way. We would disciple in the home. We would disciple in the church. See, orange came about with, you know, the whole deal with if you take red and you take yellow and you mix them together, you get orange. And, and the reason why they did that is they said this, if you take red and you paint with red, you get red. If you take yellow and you paint with yellow, you get yellow. If you take red and yellow and you put them together, you get something new. You, you get something beautiful. Uh, I don't know if orange, I would say, is beautiful, by the way. In Tuscaloosa, but to go with the vision of the group here, I'll even sacrifice my heart when it comes to orange. Uh, and, and it's this: is that you get something really new and wonderful. That's what you get. You get something with the potential to be unique, creative. Uh, you have the the church body and parents coming together because we we have the same desire, and that's that your child would grow up to know Jesus and follow him. We want parents to know Jesus and follow Him. We want to have your children to have a genuine example to follow. I really love the word, words that's used here in the English standard. It says, but as for you, continue in what you've learned and you firmly believe. I, I would ask this question. I have to ask it for myself. Can I look at my children and, and say, I desire you to continue in what you have learned from me. Uh, continue in what you've seen from me. Take what you've witnessed and replicate it. Do it. Imitate me as I imitate the Lord. See, some of you would struggle with that. Some of you, you want to say, do as I say, not as I do. I want you to know that that's not where God desires you to be. That, that's not best for your heart. That's not best for your joy. That, that's not the heart of God for you or for your family. That, that's, that's inconsistent living. That, that's not what we desire. What we desire to do is for all of us just to be honest where we are. But then come to grips with this calling that we have to raise our kids up in the Lord. It's a, it's a parent thing. It happens at home. We want it to happen at your home. It's also a church-wide thing where the church body plays a part in raising these children. We want to give them genuine examples to follow. I, I want you to know I have so many stories that I could use to illustrate this very point. Uh, so many different examples that I, that I can think of. I, I'm going to use one from last week. I, I feel like it, that's how often they come. I can just use, pull one, you know, from what happened last week. But uh, my children benefit so much 
from what they received here at Alberta Baptist Church. Uh, They benefit so much because they are under people who love them. Uh, Last week we, we got home and it was it was at night. This was this was after the I was here teaching a, a Bible study, and I got home to my family, and and they were getting ready for bed, and we were trying to do a routine. And by the way, it's hard for us to do a re- routine too, so I, I get it. Okay, so we're trying to pull everybody together. My kids had fallen asleep early on New Year's Eve, and so they didn't get to have that great prize of the sparkling grape juice. You know that that you buy the Welch's sparkling grape juice, and so we had that. We, uh, my kids call it spicy juice, you know, so the, the, they didn't get to have their spicy on, on New Year's Eve, and so the other night, we, we got it out, and we tried to make this, this big deal uh, about, hey, you know, we're going to celebrate a new year. We're going to celebrate time to hold God's Word and to look at God's Word and know His Word, and, and so we're going to celebrate that, and so we're passing out their, their little glasses and, and while Lucy got hers, she said, she said, are, are, are we, is this about the blood of Jesus? And, and, I, and I said, well, what do you mean? You know, we're trying to explore what she's asking. And she said, well, this, this morning, Mr. Bart, he, he, came, he came to our room and he had juice for Miss Cindy and Anna. And I asked what that was, and so they, they told me. They, you know, and she had uh, a story there that she was telling me, understanding the Lord's Supper. And so we had people in the back. I, I didn't realize they were doing this, but they were helping my child to understand what the Lord's Supper is and why we do it. While Lucy's telling me that story, Annie Ruth walks up, as happy as she could be, and, and she said, Miss Taffy told me that Jesus put mud in his eyes. So I was like, Miss Kathy, did she tell you the story about Jesus putting mud? Yes, yes, yes. And then she ran off and did whatever she did. You know, but like, but both of my children, in a matter of moments, explained to me what they learned. It wasn't from me. It wasn't from Catherine. It wasn't from our, grand, our parents. or It wasn't from that. It was from people here at the church who every week they desire to pour into the lives of children. And they did that with mine, and I'm grateful for you. Every single Sunday, people pour into your children. Uh, I, don't, I don't say thank you enough, but I, I think about uh, Emily. I think about you. I, I think about Tim, and as goofy as he is, I don't know if he's in this room, Tim Tim Thomas and, and Jamie Hocutt, Miss Ann, how you pour into that class. Um, right now, Miss Bernice, uh, Miss Charlotte, they pour into my sweet Lucy. Uh, they, they spend time, I mean, from when they're little. I mean, think about all the people. I mean, you got uh, Chris and, and Renee Pennington, Sharon Burns, uh, uh, Vicki Williams that have held the children, spoken to the children, loved the children taught the children. Lou gives candy to the children. You know, you got all of this, all of this. By the way, I, I love you, all of you so much, but the sugar intake is a little much, okay? But man, whew, good thing you teach them well, all right? But, but they, because uh, they, they don't take naps and they tell us about it. So, you know, we desire for our children and you to have genuine examples to follow and they get it. And I, I, I want to publicly say thank you to you, Emily. Thank you.
I don't know how long you've, you've done it. I, I, don't, I don't know, but w- across the room, uh, probably across the world, there's people who are invested in by you. Thank you. Thank you. You've given them a genuine example to follow. Parents, let's be genuine examples for our kids. I also want to say to the church, this goes with the, the budget, this goes with everything, is to appreciate, to acknowledge and appreciate the benefit of full-time staff. I, I don't know if I can help you understand it because I come from a perspective where I am a full-time employee of this church. I want you to know it's vital. It's vital for what we do. See, we have in our budget right now, we have a, a section that's missions, and it's awesome. And in that, it's you know near $200,000. We're, we're excited about that. We, I'm praying that that goes well this Wednesday and everything passes through, and that's our 2015 budget. It's awesome. I want you to understand this, though, is that all of the budget is about disciple-making. It's not just that one part of the budget that says, missions it's it's the, the the children's ministry budget is certainly about disciple making cindy's salary is about disciple making jared's salary is about disciple making that's why they're here that's what they do it's amazing the benefit that comes from having people where their full-time job is i want you to make disciples of the kids and the youth here organize discipleship do everything you can so that people grow up in the Lord. That's what we have. So appreciate the genuine examples that we have here. I encourage you to place your kids in the lives of people to pour into them. If you have children, have them here every opportunity that you can have them here to be in a class, in a structured event, under teaching. Have them in Sunday school. Don't neglect it. Have them here because it benefits their heart. It benefits their life, okay? Have them genuine examples to follow. Secondly, is not only do we desire a genuine example, but we desire for our children and youth to understand and respond to the gospel of Jesus. Uh, we, we desire for them, not, of course, not just to see people being nice. Like we, we want people to, our kids and adults and everybody to understand, uh, want them to see our example and understand that we are following after Christ. We have believed his gospel. It's his grace that is bringing this kind of work and this heart into our life. And, and it's the, the message of the gospel that we want to proclaim as we also live this life out. It, it's the message that by faith they must believe in Jesus. By faith, you must believe in Jesus. Some of you, you may not have a possibility to be the genuine example that you desire to be because you don't have a genuine relationship with Christ. Uh, You haven't believed. And today I want you to know this is an environment that God's calling people to believe. He's calling people to follow Him. And so you can do that today. We desire for our children and youth to understand and respond to the gospel of Jesus. Have them in a place where... They are being taught, you know, to rest in God's Word, to trust His Word, to seek Him through prayer, uh, to teach your kids to find community, to find an environment where they have a family. We're about to have this little uh, video series that we're going to do called Home Away From Home or or My uh, 
my ABC home or my T-Town home, and it's going to be for college students, and we're going to get several of them even starting Wednesday to, to tell on video by testimony, hey, I found a home away from home here at Alberta Baptist. This is what it is, and you know, we're going to use that as an outreach tool for people to see. But, but that's what we want, for people to find a family, even if they're away from family, or for your family to be made here. We want to teach them to live out the purposes that God has. He, he's called us to something that's much greater than what we know how to deal with on our own. It's a worldwide mission. And so we want to be in a place where not only are they learning about it, but they're learning to practice it. And you as a family are practicing it together. We want to teach kids who Christ is, what Christ has done, and why he is so relevant to our lives. Even tonight, there's something that's happening with youth. If, if you have a student there in junior high or <coughs> high school ministries, we want them to be a part of this. And Jared is, is uh, leading this time and uh, using the XP3 curriculum that you can read about there on that, on that piece of paper. But, but they're going to begin to go through. They're looking tonight at a subject that I, I don't want to address, really, and you probably struggle addressing, is that of dating. We're, we're not being an advocate for dating. We just know that that's something that they seem to have on their mind at a lot of the time. And, and so looking at God's Word and how we should view the opposite sex and how we should think uh, about God's Word and His truth and what He calls us to do and not be in a place where we recklessly stop thinking and enter into something that will bring consequences to our life. Jared's going to be leading kids there, talking about it, making, learning how to make good decisions based on God's Word. Everything that they do when they gather on Wednesday nights, on Sunday nights, uh, and during Sunday school, they are wanting to enforce God's Word. They're wanting to put it in before their mind, before their heart, and teach them to follow it. I love what they're doing. At home, we want you to learn how to best teach your kids the gospel. That's really the most important thing for you at the house to be able to teach your kids in your home. And, and so there's several things that we want to do for that. One is something new, and, and it's that we are going to give a family recap. This is going to be a lot more work, and I'm uh, a little challenged by it, but excited. A family recap where what we do on Sunday mornings in here will be able to, to be given to you on a piece of paper to recap in your home. So it'll have different times of the day, different rhythms of the day. We said last week where you got your bedtime routine when you're riding in the car, when you're eating together, when you're hanging out. At, at our house, we have the, the bedtime is kind of a, a cuddle and rocking time. And so like while I'm rocking my girls, I like to talk to them and, and share with them things and, and speak over them and pray over them. And, and this is the time to do that and, and help you do that from the message that you heard. We're also going to do something that's a little bit uh, new for us. It's something that we've waited a while to do, but it's kids' church. Uh, some, some of you grew up calling it children's church. Uh, it's cer certainly not something that we are saying that your kids must go to. We very much value you desiring to have the children under the teaching of God's Word in here, but it will be the same passage uh, that we'll, they will be going over in kids' church, that we will go over in here, that we will be looking at and, and have what, what we believe the, the best way possible to, to teach them to apply the gospel where they are. And, and so with that, you'll have stuff to go over at home in the car, and uh, we're just getting really excited about that. That will actually start on February the 1st. So Cindy's working hard, we're working hard to make that happen and get you the right information 
but, but we want your kids to be in a place wherever they are and for you as parents in the church body to know who Christ is, what he's done, and why he's relevant to our lives. Uh, last thing is this, is last framework is, is that we desire our children in our youth ministries to find their goal in the great commission of Christ. I, I was reminded of this earlier. I, I was reading a, an article actually from the, this group right here, the Rethink group. But, but they said that the mission of your family or the mission of the family is not ultimately to protect your children. But, but that, you know, we care about safety here, so don't hear me wrong. I, we want it to be the safest place on University Boulevard. But, but the safety of your kids is not ultimately what you've been charged with for their whole life. What, what you have been called to, the mission of the family, is to mobilize your children to proclaim and demonstrate God's love and gospel to a broken world. See, if we did everything, let's just say that, that all of us in this room, we executed brilliantly. So we were, we, were in, we were pouring into our kids at home. We were having consistent time of family worship and prayer. We were having consistency with the church body, just people volunteering and pouring in with a heart full of the Spirit, just loving kids and, and loving students. And let's say we were doing that. I want you to know, disciple-making is not less than what we would be doing here or what you would be doing at home. But disciple-making and discipleship is so much more. I was reminded of it in a very chilling way, not very long ago. I, I didn't tell him, but I, I, was, I get to have a lot of good talks on Mondays with, with Pastor Keith and, and just kind of walking with him through the stage of life where, where he's in right now as a, a very proud uh, dad and a very proud grandfather. Teresa, she's, they're just proud of their family and what God's done and what he's doing. But I've been able to witness with him the difficulty in some ways of recognizing how worldwide this calling really is. See, if you teach your kids and we teach our kids and we pour into them and we, we teach them how important and urgent and vital the message of the gospel really is and how broken the world really is, then we can't be too shocked when they go. Uh, we saw this morning, KJ, didn't we? Grandkids over there. We didn't even get to see them this morning. We just heard their voice and what a gift Skype is and technology is to be able to do that. But they, they went. Why? Because they believed. Because they continued in what they had learned and firmly believed. They remembered who they learned it. And those people said, you got to go. And they went. I have three adorable girls whom I love more than any of you, okay? Like, I love them so much. But I've told them since they were uh, unable to even understand what I'm saying, I'm saying it to Hazel even now, the gospel that we teach them is a gospel that calls them to go. And I can't be too shocked if one day I'm a father who sees my kid on the screen. You understand? The gospel message is one that it calls us to a vision that's not just in our home and it's not just at our church. It's not both of them just working together. It's a worldwide mission and calling. So we must make the desire, uh, uh, the desire of our children and youth ministries must find their goal in the great commission of Jesus. I, I invite you 
parent, to consider your life right now. Uh, I, I invite grandparents, whatever stage your grandparenting is in, to understand the influence that you have been given by God, to understand the gift that you have been given in His Word and His church, and how we are to invest deeply in our children so they understand who Christ is, what He's done, and what He calls us to. All of us are in a place where it makes sense to pray when we consider this great calling. So I invite you, during the song, Jennifer, if you'll come and, and, and lead us. During this time, I invite you, everyone, to pray over our children and our students and the parents and the teachers and everything that we have going on in those two ministries. And what happens in the car rides on the way home and the guilt that can exist in the heart of the one who hasn't. Uh, maybe giving themselves the way they know they desire to. What we want today is for the Spirit of God to be lifted up, for Christ to be exalted, and for the person in this room, every one of us, to experience the love of God, not the guilt of the flesh. And so let's rise together, and as we do, let's, let's uh, pray, let's go to the Lord for our children, for our parents, for the, for the ministries, and let's ask how He would encourage us to teach our kids and to love them up as Christ has loved us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the gift of family. We thank you for the gift of the church. We thank you for the roles and the callings that you have given to us to invest our lives in the lives of others. And that certainly includes our children and the kids here and the youth here. Father, I pray that you would take this and you would use it to grow our hearts more for Christ and for his mission. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.